You're listening to a sermon from New City Fellowship in Manassas, Virginia. New City Fellowship is a diverse community that proclaims the gospel and makes disciples for the glory of God and the renewal of our city. For more information, visit newcityfellowship.net. Our scripture verse is 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 32. So if you have a Bible or pull up your Bible app on your phone, I'm going to go ahead and read that for us. And Joe is going to come up and uh, encourage us. So it's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 32. For I have received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. For when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. This is the word of the Lord. New city. As we was worshiping God, I was led to Revelations the fourth chapter, why are we so silent? Yes, our hand goes up here and there, an amen may squeeze out, but why are we so quiet? And here's what I want to read to you this morning. And around the throne, on each side of the throne, are four living creatures, full eyes in the front and behind. The first living creature like a lion, the second living creature like an ox, and the third living creature with the face of a man. And the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the fourth living creature, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him, who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him, who is seated on the throne and worship him, who lives forever and forever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. 
This morning I say, worthy are you, O Lord, and God to receive glory and honor and power for redeeming us from our sins. Worthy are you, O Lord, this morning for dying on your cross and giving your life a ransom for many. Worthy are you, O Lord, for shedding your precious blood to cover our sins so that our sins will be forgiven. Worthy are you, O Lord. This morning, can everyone shout, Worthy are you, O Lord. Let's hear it. Praise God. Praise God to his name. God is good, isn't he? And my favorite thing to say is God is great, and he is greatly to be praised. It's an honor to be standing before you this morning. And so I just thank my God, my Lord, keeping us all safe and secure. Uh, His protection is upon us and around us. And so we just thank him and just give him praise. And for the families that have been affected by illnesses, you know, let's lift them up this morning in prayer. And just pray for these families to recover and to be well. Uh, let's see, some background uh, this morning from Corinthians, uh, the 11th chapter, starting at the 17th verse. Some background here is that Paul is given instructions uh, concerning the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians 11, 17 to 19, Paul is not pleased at what he's been, uh, what's been taking place. You know those darn Corinthians. They are something else. They just... So much as he act, so used to being heathens that they don't know how to act around the Lord's table. So here in uh, verse 20 through 22, he points out uh, to their conduct at their meal, how they're acting when they come together. And then verses 23 through 26, Paul instructs them how to conduct the Lord's Supper. Listen. I would like to give some reflections on communion. Uh, When I say reflections, I mean let's give some serious thought and consideration about communion. You know, there's two ordinances given to the church today, and that's baptism. And the other one is communion. These two things we should keep. We should keep because they are important to us. These two things don't save us, but yet they point to the faith that we have put in the Lord Jesus Christ. It recognizes that, and it shows a dying world that we believe. Let us pray. This is Lord of Lords, and that he is King of Kings. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your mercy. God, it is mercy that each of our right minds and to come out to be the gas with the other things to lift up your name. Father, this morning I ask that you would give us eyes to see and that you would give us ears to hear and that you would give us a heart to believe and to accept wisdom from your glorious words. Father, I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. I'm not planning on keeping you very long. Uh, these are just reflections, uh, just going to be reflections of, about communion, concerning communion, so that we can take serious thought and serious consideration about communion. I think that we do communion so much. Like anything else, we do a lot. We seem to take it for granted. 
We seem to take it for it's just something that we do as Christians, you know. But it's much more serious than that because the Lord himself instituted this Lord's Supper or the communion. One can say that communion is the participation in the body and blood of our Lord Jesus. It can be seen as a visible and real joining together of our Lord. Communion foreshadows I take this meal, it should remind us that we are in relationship. We talked about that the last time I preached, that we are in Christ Jesus, and Christ is in us, and we are in God. So we are in relationship not only with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, but also with our fellow Christians. Look around you. <laughs> you are in relationship with, should be in relationship with one another. I don't just mean our indivisible, individual churches or our denominations, but Christians of all well, one when he says, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us remember that the Lord himself established and commanded the breaking of bread on the night of his betrayal. Jesus established this. I want you to know this morning that the Lord's communion was given to us as a means of grace, forgiveness of sins, and remembrance of his sacrifice because of his great love. I have three reflections this morning. Number one is what does your participation in communion mean? Number two, the benefit of communion. And number three, it foreshadows our reunion with Christ and each other. What does our participation in communion mean? Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians 11.24. 1 Corinthians 11.24 says, says this, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, I'm sorry, let me start up further, 23, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks over it, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Then down in 24 or 25, it says, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this. Let's look at this. We participate in the death and burial of our Lord Jesus Christ Every time we come together and we take communion, you are remembering that Christ shed his blood and he gave your sins to redeem, your, redeem you from your sins. So when we come together and take communion, it is a participation. We are participating in the blood and death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We share in his promised life through the bread and wine, which is reflected of his flesh and his blood given for us. And then when we, uh, another uh, thing, we remember his death until he come. In verse 24 and 25, it says in 24, and we are given thanks. He broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then when, as soon as he took the cup, he blessed it, 
he also said, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. It is very important that you know that that cup of juice or wine and that bread really represents something. It's not really Christ's body and it's not really his blood, but it represents that. And so when we take it, we should take it seriously. We should consider what we are doing. So number one, he wants to know, Paul wants to know that we participate in death and burial of Jesus Christ every time we take communion. And then he wants us to remember his death until he come. Think about Jesus dying on the cross. Are you really thinking about him shedding his blood? Are you really thinking about his body was sacrificed? His body was seared, uh, pierced through, and that he actually he died. He wants us to remember. And then we are to proclaim the Lord's death to one another and to a dying world. But before we do that, look at Hebrews 9.12. Hebrews 9.12 tells us this, what we are doing. 9.12 says this. He entered once for all into the, to the holy place, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood. Why did he do that? He did that because the blood of goats and calves and their sacrifice could not secure our salvation. It's something that we had to do over and over and over and over and over again. But when Jesus came, the great high priest, Jesus, he entered into the Holy of Holies once and for all. And when he entered into that, it says that he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by the means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Praise God. Can we get an amen? Praise God for that. Praise God. So we are to reclaim the Lord's death to one another and to a dying world. Something that you may have not really thought about. These are just reflections. That when we come together to take communion, you're actually preaching. You're preaching to yourself because you're reminding yourself of what Christ has done. You're reminding yourself of his great sacrifice. And then look around you. You're reminding each other. You are preaching to each other. And not only you are preaching to each other, you're also preaching to a dying world who is watching us. So these things are very important for us to consider and to think about. And then number two, the benefit of communion. Let's look at the benefit of communion. Verse 27 through 32. 27 through 32 uh, says this. This light is reflecting really hard up here. <laughs> okay, hold on. Yeah, verses 27 through 32, and it says this. And just as he appointed for man to die once, and after that come the judgment, not to deal with sin, but 
So here we see the benefits of God's uh, communion is the experience for grace. We experience God's grace every time we come together. Ephesians 2. Let's turn to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, 4 through 9, and it says this. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when he, we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God. And we take communion. God is showing you tremendous grace. For we are saved by grace, not of works, least any man should boast. And it also, the benefit of communion, it enhances self-examination, which is found in verse 28. The Lord's Supper was given by our Lord to his people as means of grace and forgiveness of sin and remembrance of his sacrifice. He tells us in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, he says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Do you think about that when you take communion? Do you take advantage of God's grace that he's showing you before you take communion, that you examine yourself, act in the way a Christian should act? Is I'm living the way that a Christian should live? What is in my life that is not lined up with the Word of God? You examine yourself. You, look, you take a look at your own life in view of God's Word. And if it don't measure up, it's not to condemn you. Christ's sacrifice still cover you. But then you need to do the right thing. You need to repent of your sin, to ask God to forgive you, and receive the grace God has given us, to constantly receive the grace that he has given us. So it enhances self-examination. It also reminds us of Christ's endless love. And that can be found in Romans, the 8th chapter. When we come together to take communion, it should remind us of Christ's endless love. So Romans, the 8th chapter, the 32nd verse, which reads as follows. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him give graceless us all things? And then in 38 and 39, it says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, 
nor powers, nor height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, love that he has for us. He has set communion so that we, for the rest of our lives and for ages to come, that you would be reminded of what Christ has done for us. What great love Christ is showing towards us. And then finally, it foreshadows our reunion with Christ and with each other. That can be found in Luke. Let's take a look at Luke, uh, the 22nd chapter. The 14th through the 18th verse. It says, And when the hour come, came, he reclined at table, Jesus, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. It foreshadows our reunion with Christ and with each other. Communion is a real and visible joined together with our Lord Jesus Christ. Communion is joining together with each other. And communion is joining together with Christians of all time and all places. So we need to take communion seriously. We need to consider what communion means to us and to each other. Now, as we consider communion this morning, and before we come to the table, let us put some of these things in practice have done for us. We should do this each time we take communion. Think about why are we here and why are we taking communion? Why are we drinking this cup and why are we eating this bread? And then we need to examine ourselves and see are we living in a manner according to the scriptures and according and pleasing to Jesus Christ. And then we need to just just uh, thank God for the grace that he shows us each time that we come together to take communion. There's a lot of grace God is showing us because we're saved by grace. And we are kept by God's grace. And then we need to remember that communion that we take every Sunday, it only foreshadows what would be in the future when we sat down at the welcome table in the kingdom of God and to be with Christ and to be with every Christian that has been saved through the blood of Jesus Christ to commune one with another. And that is called the Great Supper in the book of Revelations. Let's pray. Eternal God, I have to follow We Thank you, Lord, for these reflections, Lord, that you have given to us. We thank you, Lord, um, for your word. And Father, again, I pray that you would cause our eyes to see the glorious wisdom from your word. I pray that you would open our ears that we, uh, after hearing your word, that we can uh, 
know what it means to us, that we know how important communion is to us, not that it saves, but is it a testament to our faith in Christ Jesus. And then, Lord, open our hearts that we can receive the truth from your word and apply it into our lives. God, your death on the cross, to add anything to it, but God, out of your kindness, you have set this up so that we can be reminded, so that we can remember, so that we can examine ourselves to make sure that we are in the faith, to make sure that the manner of life we live matches the faith that we talk about. God, help us not to take communion granted as a granted God. Help us not to do that. May we take communion seriously, remembering what you have done for us. God, we thank you. God, we praise you. God, we adore you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.